Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yes. <laughs> you look great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. My son is in here um, with my pants on. They're a little loose. Thank you, guys. <laughs> it is funny. They are ostensibly working on, um, on... Putting away laundry. Right. We have a five and a half foot tall laundry pile. <laughs> And they're in there, supposed to be getting their own stuff out of it, but I think they're having some fun while they're doing it. So that's fine. That's where we go. That's fine. You know what? There, nothing matters, Alice, because we have, as long as we have our new icon in this house, everything's fine. Our new icon? Our fridge. Oh. This new fridge is everything. It's all that matters. It's our happy place. It's where all of us go to to find comfort mm-hmm. and relief and into. Reduce stress But it's the in- inspired me to get more parts of our lives together. And I've been working really hard today to make more parts of the house give me the same joy that the fridge gives me. So there's Yeah, I'm that. very excited about that. And also, we are... Um, have you made the decision... Uh, no, no. When do I get my uh, ice maker in my water hookup? I need to go to Home Depot and grab a couple things, I think. Did you see the Home Department store? Um, yeah, woke, yeah. Woke I think they're still less woke than like Lowe's, though. But still, I mean, come on, guys. It's everywhere, though. It's all the corporations. They're all they all have like big compliance departments who uh, are well, scared of stuff. I also think now that as a, just a matter of course, any HR, any person who goes for I don't know what that degree is called to be an HR expert, but any person who goes to school to be an HR person is learning this as a huge part of what they do, and it probably cl- crosses over into. Uh, legal, and certainly probably even business management. Yeah, totally, because when somebody sues your company for being discriminatory for something random, if you can point to like the compliance training that you made everybody do, then you can cover yourself as a, 
as a company. You know what I mean? If you end up accidentally hiring some racist cashier or something in one of your thousands of stores and they're rude to somebody, then, you know, you can say, well, we trained everybody on all the anti-racism we tried. Like, you know, so from the company's perspective, it's just a way to cover yourself. Well... Sure, in, in many cases, it's also. That's what companies are all about the safest route. They're trying to navigate through dangerous waters and they're just trying to. Well, there's to no not... doubt that, that, that thinking people, for the most part, know this is all BS. And this Leah Thomas stuff is just showing people that it's BS. I mean, people now are. Some people are for the first time in a couple of years almost mm-hmm. like snapping out of it in, in mentioning. Yeah. So it's interesting because I read, um, you know, Matt Iglesias, formerly of Vox now of Substack. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a really big piece kind of about like gay rights and the trans issues and whatever. And kind of, I'm not sure, but it seemed to me like maybe this was kind of springboarding off sort of the Joe Rogan stuff that was in the news mm-hmm. and everything. And. And it was interesting because he was kind of saying, you know, similar to what we were saying, like that the that the parties have moved so far that in 2008, the difference between John McCain and Barack Obama was that, um, you know, Barack Obama didn't want gay people to get married and John McCain didn't want gay people to get married and thought places should be able to discriminate against them. I forget exactly how he put it, but like, but the the, the place where the debate is has shifted to mm-hmm. a totally new spot, right? Which is a way more progressive spot. And then he said, like, kind of where should we go from here, right? And he said that essentially that even coming from gay groups and their internal polling and message testing, that the Leah Thomas stuff is not a winning message for them. It is profoundly unpopular with the American people, no matter how they phrase it. That the polling on this issue, even when LGBT groups poll it in the most favorable possible messaging language that they can, the the trans women in women's sports is not a winning issue for the Democratic Party. Right. It is a losing issue, period, the end. And what Matt Iglesias is afraid of, because he's a progressive, is that the Democratic Party is focusing on the most extreme outrageous issue that is the least in step with where the American people are on this. And because they are focusing on the most unpopular part of the whole for lack of a better word, gay agenda, even though I know that's loaded. But, you know, because they're focusing on this most unpopular part and keeping that part in the news, that it's going to keep them from being able to do things that he feels are more productive, like um, the Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida, which the polling varies quite a bit depending on how you describe the bill and where he feels that Republicans are winning the messaging on um the Florida bill right now because he feels that that the way that the language in the bill is super vague that basically it's like just don't talk to kindergartners about sex right and that the language is super vague that it's not really like a useful piece of legislation then it's like showboating by DeSantis basically that he says nobody was talking to kindergartners about sex and I don't think that that's true either but you know that that they're at risk because they're distracted and not focusing on the um, 
you know, the teaching gender in school stuff that they that they're going to lose on that issue where they potentially do if they handle it carefully and phrase it the right way where they could potentially make that a winning issue but like the the women's sports issue is like impossible there's not you're not convincing people on that it's not a winnable issue for democrats on that front people just don't agree with you it, they're never going to agree with you the science on that cannot change like there it just is what it is. Like guys who go through puberty and then attempt to play in women's sports have a massive advantage compared to where they were when they were playing in men's sports. It's just it's undeniable, you know, and he even says in it like, you know, maybe some sports like skeet shooting or whatever, like can be both genders and it doesn't really matter. Like, but clearly there are some sports where it makes a difference. And he just was saying purely from a polling perspective, this is a loser for Democrats and they should not be hanging all the progress of gay rights on this issue because it it was interesting to me to read because he essentially said what we said the other day, that like nobody's arguing the gay rights conversations of 10 years ago or even really six years ago. Right. There's no debate on that. You know, You know, I hadn't bothered to think about before the locker room experience with these swimmers. Mm-hmm. So he has a penis. Yeah. And he's fully naked with these girls. And they have registered their complaints about seeing this. No. Your college student has to be with Will Thomas and his right. okay. and junk so in the locker choices, room. Their choice is that they can go find another locker room. The girls. Yeah. While the boy is in there using the girls' locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I also saw a report that he dates girls. Plausible. He's a lesbian. <clears throat> so if he's a guy... Big air quotes. ...who dates girls and finds girls attractive... Mm-hmm. This is a primo situation for him to be in. Yeah. Well, but a, a trans rights activist would argue that a lesbian in the girls' locker room also would consider that a, just as primo a situation, right? Sure. And if that lesbian were six foot three and a, a huge physical presence, um, and then I, I think that... I mean, there are tall, uh, hulking lesbians. Lesbians also don't generally sexually assault people. Straight men do. Men who like women do. That's the truth. More commonly, yes, but uh, not uh, impossible. By, by far, far. I mean, these girls' danger sense is going off for a reason. Right. Because well, there's a guy who likes girls in the locker room. And not for nothing, but... A lot, not all, but many, many people who espouse the like trans woman identity, many of them do consider it a fetish thing and get off on it. No, I mean, that's sure. a, that's a known phenomenon in psychology where it's a and, and yeah, not all. But but that's definitely one reason why um, men transition to become women. So between that and the Kitanji Brown Jackson stuff, mm-hmm. not being able to define a woman, right? And the, we understand that that's I'm not a, a biologist. 
Right. Which is, of course, an absurd thing to say. But she's already got the votes. Doesn't matter. She's going to pass. Yeah, so it's fine. Why, why not do it? You know, why not just throw a, fl- uh, a flack out there? A chafe out there. Chaff, chafe, chaff, whatever. Chum? No, it's not chum. Chum attracts fish. You want what are you doing? This is the stuff that, that bombers throw out so that the chaff, missiles I doesn't think? hit them. Maybe yeah. it's chaff. Uh, why not throw that out there and and into it? I mean, she's just being shrewd politically. Mm-hmm. She seems to be a smart person, so that's what she's doing. But you know, her putting that out there puts people in a very odd position. Because if you're going to... If you're going to defend her answer, right? then for consistency's sake, you also have to accept a whole lot of other radically absurd things. Right. And, you know, and I don't think most people at their heart of hearts accept this stuff. Right. I don't think I think a lot of people, you know, want to be nice people and want to be good people and want to be polite and you know, if it truly causes somebody mental distress to point out to them that they're a man, then, you know, then I think most people are, like, willing to go along and, like, be polite in polite society. Sure. But this sort of thing where we're, like, we absolutely are all in pretend world all the time, mm-hmm. and, like, Leah Thomas absolutely is a woman. There's never been a Will Thomas. She's never existed. It's not, like... Exactly. It's well, even let me, let funny. Let me the Marsha Blackburn question okay. first. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Not a biologist. So that's fine. But also, it seems to me that if you're a trans person, like if you're Leah Tom, if you're a guy who thinks he's a girl, if you've got something going on with your mind, mm-hmm. I I think it's probably fair to say that I have an eating disorder. Probably. Or I'm just an a-hole. But <laughs> one of the two, there's, it's in my own mind, right? Mm-hmm. The world doesn't have to stop making yodels because I'm a dickhead, right? Right. Nobody has to make any accommodation for me. It, the stuff going on in my mind. No accommodation has to be made for me. Of course not. Even though my fatness could kill me. Right. Absolutely. So I, my life would be better served if everybody made huge accommodations for me. Of course. But nobody does. <clears throat> so it seems to me if Will Thomas thinks he's a girl and doesn't feel comfortable swimming with the guys anymore. He can only think, feels he can only swim with a girl. And that's his problem to figure out. Why does the world have to bend to him? And oh my goodness, we'll make every accommodation and we won't dead name you. Dead name you. So the, Fix it. Who cares? So you're fa- you, you got a problem. Th- th- that, then go fix right. it. Meanwhile, the girls are going to swim here and be naked without penises in the room because th- there's a girl's locker room. Well, of course. And I, I think that the whole the whole idea that there's something that actually there's something wrong with all of us which is what the trans movement is essentially trying to say to everybody that gender is made up that doctors or whoever ancient people somebody one day started to de- deciding to treat people differently on the basis of what their genitals looked like which isn't even cleanly divided and they're sort of on a spectrum anyway like 
You know, is it just a really small penis? We can't really tell. It's all black and white things are really hard. It's just sort of fuzzy. We don't know. How did they know what boys and girls were before they had blood tests and knew what X and Y chromosomes were, honey? It was impossible to know. They were just really guessing anyway. It was all like... The, the whole idea of this movement is to tell you that gender is all in our heads. We made it up. And actually, Leah Thomas is the sane one. Right. Um, which and like I say, I think most people would be totally fine with like a more reasonable position. That's like, you know, people should at work call trans people what they want to be called to like not hurt their feelings or something. Like, Back I think before most- all this stuff, Alice, 25 years ago, mm-hmm. when I was at the Parker House, we had a... Uh, a transsexual person. It was a, a guy who turned into a girl. He used to be Oscar or something, became Adnid, who half the guys thought was attractive. <laughs> and she looked good. Um, and, and we you all thought call- Blair White was attractive. <clears throat> yes. And anyway, and so was Adnid. And people who work at the Parker House will listen will know. Adnid did look good. And we all called her she. She was seemed very feminine and girlish. And she was cool. So, it, like, in, and there was... <clears throat> It just in it seemed like the very decent thing to do, and she, you know she had committed whatever, and she was good people, and it's a hotel. It's, there's everything in a hotel, right? You know, but but, and that's before, and but but she didn't hold a gun to her head and say, if if we called didn't do everything she said that she was going to kill herself. That was before the extortion came in, or like if somebody messed up. When she first came in with the new name and pronouns and, like, said the wrong right. thing, she didn't, like, go to HR and sue the company or something. Right. So we never needed this. This extreme measure here, this extortive measure here that that that, that is, if you don't bend to me, then I'm going to literally die. It's violence because people are finding us and killing us everywhere. Like, that didn't even exist. We had a guy, a trans... Uh, I don't even know what you call him. A guy who dressed in drag. Okay, was, a drag queen. A drag. Is that what you still call him? Is that okay? Yeah, drag queens. Okay. We had a drag queen who did work with us who was almost killed all the time because he turned, <laughs> seriously, he used to turn tricks and people would cut his throat all the time. He used to have stitches sometimes from like the beatings he took. He was also a great guy. <laughs> the very self-destructive lifestyle. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, in his case, it was different. You know, he actually was out there in the crossfire, working the combat zone, like, not a good scene. Um, um, but but God, he, like, love... identified as a guy in day-to-day life. Yeah, he was definitely gay, right. though. Right. But, but yes, it was funny, because he was so... Uh, it, it is it, interesting. There have now been a few, and I don't really follow RuPaul's Drag Race, but I've seen like a few of these come across my feed where I like, I've literally never watched a show, but like where a few of the people on RuPaul's Drag Race have like subsequently come out as trans after being on RuPaul's Drag Race, like because it because it is sort of distinct, like the drag queen culture thing from from being. From actually like being trans, but I do think they're related to each other. Clearly, yeah. I, I well, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. I guess. I get. I, it takes all types. I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's like a one size fits all box. Right. I would assume that most of the guys dressed as share on Key West performing on stage every night. I, I would assume most of them are gay. I think, but I don't know. 
Probably gay, but maybe not all trans. Right. I would assume none of them are trans. They're, some are, though. Some are. Some of the people on RuPaul's Drag Race, like I was saying, have come out as trans after. Like, so they were trans. But, you know, I don't know how that works, because isn't a drag, like, dressing as the opposite sex? Isn't drag dressing as the opposite sex? So, I mean, like... I think so. So, I, if I think... you're a trans woman, then aren't you a woman dressing as your quote real sex so then isn't it not drag anymore i don't know but anyway it's a whole thing that i but i i just think there's such a big difference between you know treating somebody a treating a casual acquaintance around you in a way that makes them more comfortable and being asked to like publicly confess this total untruth all the time in situations where it does matter you know where like we're all being asked to constantly like repeat the refrain trans women are women and like it's some weird chant that we all have trans to women are women at the same time we can't define women yeah right so that has no definition now <clears throat> and so that brings me to the ESPN story the power of Laishia Clarendon. Did you just read this at all? Mm-mm. This is the ESPN.com feature story. The power of Laishia Clarendon. Player, period. Parent, period. Activist, period. Pioneer, period. Faith is the driving force for the WNBA's first openly non-binary and transgender player. Uh, by Katie Barnes. Oh, this is old from last year. Anyway, no, maybe it's not. Editor's note. Mm-hmm. This is just an editor's tiny note. Laishia Clarendon, who identifies as transgender and non-binary, uses he, him, she, her, and they, them <clears throat> pronouns interchangeably. <laughs> we, do, we do so throughout this piece. We also introduce the preferred pronouns for others who appear in the story and for whom pronouns are used. Laishia Clarendon wrapped their hand around the back of a fussy newborn looking up at them in the maternity recovery room at a Bay Area hospital. A nurse had just shown Leishia how to cradle the baby in a football hold, and Leishia rested the soft skin of the baby's neck against her own left forearm and held the baby's head in her hand. Baby C, they, them. Wait, (laughs) how do we know the baby's pronouns? Baby C, they, them, gurgled and squirmed at Leishia's touch. Leishia accepted shampoo from the nurse, silently wondering if it might be appropriate for black, capital, hair. With her right hand, she gently rubbed her fingers through the silky curls of Baby C's full of hair. Full head of hair? It was December 21st, 2020, Baby C's first first birthday and first wash day. Leishia's wife, Jessica, she, her, had just given birth to Baby C by cesarean section. As Jessica recovered, Leishia found himself alone with his first child. He never expected to have these first moments alone with baby C. So, Alice, what is happening here? (laughs) Okay. First of all, I think it's confusing to change. Oh, no. I don't see what you're talking about. Mid paragraph. I don't see at all what you're talking about. Um, at some point, they introduce <laughs> Leishia's siblings and they say, 
and they talk about their mother, and I'm like, who's they? Is it just him or they? I don't know. <clears throat> so I would say it's a little confusing. I would say it's immediately a cluster of confusion. So I have seen some like, uh, some but some celebrities we, can, have gone to we... they them and she her or something. Okay. So they've like used two sets of pronouns interchangeably was, in a can... news piece. But this is a new level, and also. Why do you get to assign your baby they them pronouns? What what why do we assign <laughs> any pronouns? What crazy world are we in here? <laughs> How does an organization let pronouns revolve in a story that's supposed to be comprehended by human beings who are used to uh, reading English in a certain form? It just keeps on changing. She they they she they she she why not just have to make... What if Laishia identifies as Clarissa, Moesha, Sydney, Earl, and Carl as well? Should we just keep changing? Boom, 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 boom. Well, that's like the people, the the um, TikTok people with the dissociative identity disorder, formerly oh known Don't, as multiple personality can't, can't disorder. But I'm saying, like, this is the road this goes down. If you have to accept anything anybody says about themselves and and just take it at face value and newspapers have if to print Lacey it. If Clarendon feels strongly mm-hmm. that she needs to be referred to, she's not... This is not even... Lacia. This is not a letter to Lacia. This is a column for us. Yeah, but she might see it. They, she mi- might see it. Okay. If 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 Leishia feels it's crucial that we do this and revolve through this, then Leishia is a pronoun called a f-ing asshole, <laughs> and that is first and foremost what this person is. And if it's just the writer, then she's an a hole. But don't people understand too that especially once you're a so-called public figure, that like people are gonna write stuff about you that makes you sad and hurts your feelings. Not just pronouns and like what name they use for you, but like anything. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it used to be that good sports reporters wrote pretty strong, sharp stuff about sports figures mm-hmm. to make them compelling because most sports figures are fairly stupid. So you <laughs> want to, you need backstories or, you know, uh, some good right. soap opera stuff happening. But, I don't know. This just takes us to such an odd place, right? That we just have to like take everything everybody says at face value all the time, even little kids at any moment, right? And so I was like skimming Gabrielle Union is trending again. Um, she and Dwayne Wade have a transgender daughter. Did you know about this? No, I don't even know who Gabrielle Union is. She's an actress. She was in Bring It On. Oh, Okay. She's the black girl bringing on. Yeah, the main one. Right. So, um, God, I hate that I, she's the I, mom. I hate that I jumped at knowing what that movie was so easily. <laughs> so she's the mom. Oh, totally. I never see that about the cheerleading. <laughs> so she's the mom in the new Disney Cheaper by the Dozen, mm-hmm. starring with Zach Braff. Okay. And uh, she did this interview with BuzzFeed about her transgender daughter. A couple of years ago, Dwayne Wade had done a, some Instagram video because their son, Zion, came out as like their daughter, Zaya, Zaya, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and 
it's just interesting because first of all, when I was like reading up on this, I was trying to figure out what their son's name used to be. And it's like really hard to find. <laughs> you have to like go back and like try and find articles from before that time because everything they everybody writes about it now is like everything's like memory hold. You know, we all have to pretend that this kid was always Zaya and it was always this way. And it's very disturbing to me. You know, it's funny, like. My sister decided to go by her middle name as a teenager. I remember the change. This is right when right. I came along. Right. So my sister was, she's a lot younger than me, but she was a teenager and she decided that she was going to start going by her middle name. And it was very like mentally confusing to me. Not just like it took me a really long time to start calling her by the name she preferred to be called by, which was now her middle name. But also like if I would talk about something that happened with her in the past, like, oh, remember when she did this? Like I would always refer to her by her, <laughs> the name that she used to go by because she was that person in those mm-hmm. memories. And it's such a weird, like... Was she upset about it? No. I mean, it, she wasn't, like... It didn't bother her. She right. just decided she wanted to be called you, this one it, day. It didn't like, bother um, her because nowhere, anywhere have we been trained to be bothered by that. Right. You know, I'm sure somewhere they're going to teach people to be bothered But by that it. was also her name at the time when that stuff happened, but so it makes the, sense. But it used to be Bruce Jenner's name at the time he won right. gold medals, but they're still not allowed to say that. But yeah, you're not allowed to say Bruce Jenner. You know, if you look up the Wikipedia article for Bruce Jenner, it says Caitlyn Jenner won the trial. But Caitlyn Jenner didn't win those no. decathlons or whatever he won and, and didn't exist at that time. You know, but there's this weird, like, retroactive thing that happens with the trans thing where we're all asked to change everything we believed previously to be true into something totally new. And I do think it's like a weird sort of mental exercise that they put people through on purpose. That's a form of control. Like, I do think that because I was like looking this up and, you know, this whole article is like, Oh, we love our daughter. She knew who she was when she was three years old and all this stuff. And like, but this kid came out at age, what, 12? So it's like, you're supposed to as a parent. I mean, I can understand why that would be traumatic as a parent to have your kids say, no, none of that stuff that you thought happened, happened. It was all, it was all a lie. There was really no me. I was not a real person. Well, I mean, in, in is that really it? Is that it? Is that is it the mindset of people on the left is that there are real evils out there, there are real bad things out there, there are malevolent forces out there, and and you know what? The least thing you can do, the least you can do, is show an an abundance of kindness. And accommodate somebody with whatever they want. An abundance in case they're hurting. In case they're hurting. I believe you're in showing being abundance kind, of kindness. But- and then you see, and then also, not only that, you're showing an abundance of kindness. And you're saying to yourself, you know what? Since I think the worldview of many on the left is that that there are meanies everywhere. Especially mm-hmm. half the country are meanies. Drunken, big, fat, white, rednecks, Trump lovers. Is that they're even giving, they're doubling the dose of abundance of kindness and accommodating at every single level. Because, you know, they're going to have so many challenges and this and that. And I'll do it. I'll do they, 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 she, they, they, them. Yeah, but I think this is something different, though. And like I say, I do think it's different. I think there's a difference, 
you know, between being kind to somebody who's struggling, right, and just being nice to them, and, you know, being asked to believe something that's not true, and being asked to, like, fully believe it with your whole heart. And I, I do think that that's, like, a form of mental abuse and grooming that people do to you, right? Like, it's weird, like, gaslighting. No, what you thought you believed isn't true. Now you're going to believe this new thing. Like, in what other realm of the universe do we teach our kids that they have to believe anything anybody says to them and not question it? And it's, you, know, you just have to believe this. This is what Gabrielle Union said in the interview. As our children show up, it is our job to believe them when they tell us who they are and not impose our dreams, hopes, fears, and desires on them. Like, no, we do have to bring the light of our experience, which is a lot bigger than theirs, and and tell them things that they don't know, first of all. It is our job to to question them about stuff and to challenge them. And it, I mean, kids can't grow if you don't challenge them, right? Nobody can grow if you don't challenge them. And it's, it's a job of a parent, certainly. And... You know, she says, like, oh, we do not believe in any kind of shaming for existing. That's bizarre, cruel, and harmful. Like, you're not shaming your kid for existing. If you say, like, are you sure that you're suddenly a boy and none of what we, the you that we've known for 15 years is actually you, like, is that, are we quite sure? Because that seems a little extreme and new, right? Like, the idea, and the idea that you have to, like, believe anything anybody tells you, that Leah Thomas walks into the girls' locker room with her junk hanging out and says, I'm a girl. And like, well, you just have to believe it. You have to believe it. It's not your job to question if Leah Thomas says she's a girl. Just don't, you're not, no, don't question. What a bigot. Don't question people. People know who they are. Believe them. I mean, that's like, that is like a weird abusive tactic. Like, of course you're allowed to question people. It's a free country. You can question whoever you want. You can say, are we sure Leah Thomas is really a girl? (sighs) Can we turn to Kamala Harris? Sure. Who is a girl, by the way? How do you know? I don't. There's no way to know. But have you anymore. seen her blood work? How would you know that That's she right. has X chromosomes? I you have no it. idea. I retract that. Has she told you her pronouns? Nope. Nope. Here's uh, Kamala Harris today. I'm actually starting to feel bad for her. And I also think that there's a chance that people may turn around when, if they feel any more bad for her. <laughs> like what is she you think is, she's just going for the sympathy thing like she's gonna flounder her, so much she's gonna what is the meaning of her less than five percent of home appraisers in america are people of color and less than five percent of home appraisers in america are people of color they have her tackling the colossal issue <laughs> of equity in the home appraising industry yes. of home appraisers <laughs> you can be in charge of real estate eh, construction eh, <laughs> urban planning uh, uh, something a little more niche <laughs> where fewer things can be broken how about that she's she's responsible for home appraisers that's right. If I looked at this country and I thought, oh, have we come a long way since Selma? I don't think so. I've never seen a black home appraiser. <laughs> Less than 5% of home appraisers in America are people of color. 
This lack of diversity. Less than 2% of cosmonauts are people <laughs> of color. It's true. Less than 13% of dog walkers are people of color. Can introduce both conscious and unconscious biases that make home appraisals less accurate and less fair. Our administration will now require those who conduct appraisals for federal programs. The great thing about her is that she reads this with the same serious <laughs> emphasis that she does war in Ukraine, the extraction out of Afghanistan. Somewhat more serious than the war yeah. oh, in no, Ukraine, no. Right. honestly. Right. She does it with the same. doesn't matter what they put in front of her. She could be do, telling you. You know how to put together a, um, a a disposal under the sink, and she'd do it with the same emphasis and the same stern blue steel looks. It's incredible. She is wonderfully vacuous. I'm starting to come around on her. Our administration will now require those who conduct appraisals for federal programs must take part in anti-bias, fair housing, and fair lending training. In case we haven't effed with every other possible sector of the economy, we're now coming for you, home appraisers. The assumption, the default is, is that you're all racist. So we'll now be forcing you into uh, woke classes. That's what we're going to do with your time. Holy hell. There are solutions. There are solutions. And we will work with the industry to require all appraisers to receive this training. We will also help expand... Uh, Bill? Bill? Yeah, Betty. Um, there's some... Uh, the vice president's here. We want to talk to you <laughs> about your home appraising. She's here to see me. Yeah, apparently she's got about eight people on the list today. And the training pipeline for new appraisers. In many states, in addition to classroom... Having... The far majority white appraisers is a bad thing. Can't be. Learning. Appraisers have to complete thousands of hours of apprenticeship-like training before they become fully certified. I'm sorry, I feel bad for her. <laughs> Can you imagine the granular level of stuff that they've got her going on? No wonder. Well, there's nobody left in her shop anyway, in her in her part of the White House. Right. She started out last year with the southern border. They bitched <laughs> and moaned about her por portfolio, and now Ron Klain saying, oh, yeah, you got a problem in your portfolio? How about this? You're taking up home appraisers. You're going to diversify that. And then you can run on that in 2024 <laughs> or 2028, whatever it is. Holy God. It's fine. You know, you just know that the Biden team must have been kicking themselves that they promised to nominate a woman because they are so much more simpatico with Pete. Mayor Pete. You think so? Yeah. I bet you there's people in that team that really wish they had picked. Oh, me. he is definitely an Obama bro kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. West wingy kind of guy. Yeah. There's no doubt. And just in case you thought that the, the institution of the media was strong and robust. So, I mean, yeah, Yamiche Alcinder, who works for PBS, that means she's getting paid by you and I and everybody listening. Mm hmm. Covering the trial. Sorry, the trial. The, um, ooh, uh, uh, Freudian slip covering, covering the Supreme Court nominees mm -hmm. uh, hearings says 
a moving moment. Senator Cory Booker makes Judge Jackson tear up as he extensively praises her and reiterates the joy he feels for her place in history. Booker said, Don't worry, my sister. God has you. You have earned this spot. You are worthy. You are a great American. A moving moment, says Yamiche Elsinger. <laughs> White Booker House is Press like Corps. The most corny White House Press Corps. Journalists <laughs> on the public payroll. <sighs> Cory Booker is a guy, too, where I think if there's a power vacuum for the Democratic nomination in 2024, he's going to be right up in there, too. I don't. I think the that we lost him last time around. And, and he what? just kept telling me, it is so good to see you here. It's so good to see you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love my brother, Tim Scott. We could write a dissertation on our disagreements. He gave the best speech on race. I wish I could have given as good of a speech. But talking to the challenges and indignities that are still faced. And you're here. I was in the White House with my Democratic colleagues. And I'm, again, I'm in my joy. I can't help it. <laughs> and, and, and the president's asking our advice. Who should we nominate and whatever. And I look at Kamala and we have a knowing glance which we've had for years when she and I used to sit on this end of this committee at times. And then I try to get out to the president what it means. What it means. And I want to tell you when I look at you, this is why I get emotional. What a bunch of horse <laughs> shit. I mean, this guy has been flinging horse bleep. He's good at it. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. But oh my goodness, this is what he got emotional with Kavanaugh too. Remember when he was a Spartacus uh -huh. thing? Ah, uh, but that's fine. People want to believe it. I think she seems like a nice lady. I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. How about what Ayanna Presley tweeted about uh, Judge Ketanji uh, Brown Jackson it, it, today? It's very much visual. But go ahead and. Um, it's just she was trying to point out that uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson is the most qualified individual ever yes. put on the Supreme Court ever of all time and she did this by choosing a list of things Ketanji Brown Jackson has done and mm -hmm. making those the criteria for what makes yes. a person qualified to be on the Supreme right. Court. Things like being named Ketanji. <laughs> she gets the red, the yellow square for that. Nobody else has one of those. <laughs> but yeah, like for example, for education, she has went to public high school and then went to Ivy League Law School. So, like... Well, there you go. So, like, most of the other ju uh, justices, everybody except Barrett went to an Ivy League Law School. But public high school, only, like, half of them went to. So, like, for example, Amy Coney Barrett went to a private high school, apparently, and then to Notre Dame for law school. So she gets neither of those, which like neither one of, I mean, I guess Ivy League law school qualifies somebody to be on the Supreme Court, but like, I don't really care if Foreign somebody Ukraine went to continues an Ivy League or not. There's plenty of stupid people who went to Ivy Leagues too out there and plenty of so. smart people who didn't go to Ivy League. So that's fine. But anyway, and then to pair that with public high school, which obviously, obviously is a thing for like equity you would think if she put public high school she would put like non-ivy league law school because yeah but they, but anyway i presley they create this graph as, as if it's a factual graph 
and and it uh, have all these categories where public defender where Katanji has done this stuff as she, if it's the known criteria for being a Supreme Court. <laughs> it's not. It's just tailored towards her, and she has the most yellow squares than anybody. And so Ayanna <laughs> Presley said she's the most qualified in the world. She's been on a sentencing yeah. commission. The right. only it's other a, one is Breyer. Oh, it's just See? it's See? obviously it's moronic. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining anyway, everybody. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. We're at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com. You also can email us if you want to. And that's Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I do post sometimes on like Gab, Parlor, all those places. But we have a YouTube channel and a Rumble channel. If you can't find our videos on YouTube, it means we got kicked off. So go find us on Rumble and wherever you like to listen. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.